0: Westminster Confession of Faith, Chapter 8, of Christ the Mediator, Paragraph 5. The Lord Jesus, by his perfect obedience and sacrifice of himself, which he, through the eternal spirit, once offered up unto God, hath fully satisfied the justice of his Father, and purchased not only reconciliation, but an everlasting inheritance in the kingdom of heaven, for all those who whom the Father hath given unto him. Welcome back to This We Confess. And today, if you hear a horse neighing in the background, it's because here in the middle of September 2019, I today have got back on the podcasting horse. It has been a long summer. I last did a podcast in June. I fully intended to get back on it in August and then never actually bothered myself. But as of today, by God's grace, the podcasts will return to every Saturday morning, a weekly podcast as we did before. We hope you still enjoy the podcast. Please spread the word about it as we attempt to learn more about what it is we believe and why we believe it. In a way, there is no better paragraph with which to begin the new season's podcast than chapter 8 and paragraph 5. It speaks of Christ's work and what he accomplished for us on Calvary's cross. It states that the Lord Jesus, by his perfect obedience and sacrifice of himself, which he, through the eternal spirit, once offered up unto God, fully satisfying the justice of the Father. We begin this paragraph by speaking of Christ's perfect obedience and sacrifice. We have mentioned before on this podcast that Christ's obedience was both passive and active. In other words, Christ actively obeyed God's commands. He actively made sure that everything the law demanded was kept. And Jesus also passively obeyed. He went passively to the cross. The punishments of breaking the law were poured out upon his shoulders, and Christ passively accepted it. Christ's perfect obedience was passive and active. It didn't have a single deficiency. And we are so thankful that he indeed was the perfect, obedient servant. Christ's obedience led to his sacrifice of himself. And this sacrifice was once and for all, never to be repeated by another, and unnecessary to repeat it each and every week with a superstitious mass. His sacrifice was perfect and complete, and it was finished at Calvary. This obedience and this sacrifice was offered up to God through the eternal spirit. How much more, says Paul in Hebrews 9 and 14, will the blood of Christ purify our conscience from dead works to serve the living God? Christ will purify our conscience because Christ was the one in Hebrews 9 and 14 who through the eternal spirit offered himself without blemish to God. Jesus was not a little bit better than most. Jesus was not just a wee bit better than you or I. Jesus wasn't just a little bit nicer to his parents. Jesus and his perfect obedience and sacrifice was indeed offered up to God through the eternal spirit and absolutely perfect. And this perfect sacrifice and obedience offered up unto God has fully satisfied the justice of God the Father. We see this in Romans 5 and verse 19. For as by the one man's disobedience, the many were made sinners, so by the one man's obedience, the many will be made righteous. Here, Christ's perfect obedience and sacrifice are outlined by Paul in this verse to show us that the impact of Christ's sacrifice and obedience was that many would be made righteous. All those who call on the name of Christ, all who trust in him as their saviour, will be made righteous. Not because Christ's sacrifice was a good example to follow, but because Christ's obedience and sacrifice offered up to God through the Spirit has fully satisfied the justice of God the Father. And some might hear this and think, well this sounds incredibly unfair. That some will have their sins swept onto the carpet because of Jesus. That God will not punish some sins because of Jesus. It seems unjust. But actually Paul speaks to this very point in Romans 3 and verses 25 to 26. He says that Jesus was put forward by God as a propitiation by his blood to be received by faith. Jesus was that sacrifice which turned away God's wrath, and if we receive him by faith, then we will be saved. Paul continues, This was to show God's righteousness, because in his divine forbearance he had passed over former sins. God was patient, and God was forbearing, and he passed over sin, waiting for the coming of Christ to pour out his wrath upon the Lamb of God. And verse 26 says, It was to show his righteousness at the present time so that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. God is just in that he will punish your sins if you have rejected Christ. But God is also the justifier of the one who trusts in Jesus. Their sins have not gone unpunished. Their sins are not swept under a divine carpet. Their sins were carried to the cross by Jesus where he fully paid the price for them. The wrath of God for their sins was poured out upon Jesus at Calvary. God is not unjust. He will punish the guilty who have not looked to Christ in faith and he will pass over those who have trusted in Jesus because they have put their faith in the one who faced every ounce of divine wrath and anger for sins that did not belong to him, but the sins of his people. Jesus was perfectly obedient and he went to Calvary and offered himself as a sacrifice through the power of the eternal spirit. And therefore divine justice has been fully satisfied. And as this paragraph comes to a close, the Westminster Divines tell us what this magnificent act has purchased. The second part of paragraph 5 states that Jesus purchased not only reconciliation, but an everlasting inheritance in the kingdom of heaven for all those whom the Father hath given unto him. Friends, today if you are a Christian, then these next words are for your encouragement. Because Christ has purchased for you both reconciliation with God and an everlasting inheritance in the kingdom of heaven. Paul states in Colossians 1 and verses 19 to 20, For in Jesus all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through Jesus to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. Today, as we ponder anew on the Christ sacrifice at Calvary, let us think of the fact that once we were enemies of God, once we were aliens and strangers, we were far away from God's commonwealth, from his people. But today, through faith in Christ, we have been reconciled to God. And the means of that reconciliation is the blood of Christ's cross. Jesus has made peace by his blood. Jesus has reconciled guilty sinners to a holy God by his blood. Jesus is our reconciling saviour by his blood. Friends, let us think often on Christ's sacrifice and let us sing often of his precious blood. Let us rejoice often in the reconciliation that has been won for us. The grand and mighty and uncrossable chasm between sinful man and God has been crossed. And indeed, it has been crossed by a cross. Because of Jesus, we can be reconciled to God. He has made peace by the blood of his cross. And we receive this wonderful gift by faith. But not only have we been reconciled to God through the finished work at Calvary, but also Jesus has won for us, purchased for us, an everlasting inheritance in the kingdom of heaven. I don't know if you go round your granny's house today and secretly desire her carriage clock which sits proudly on her mantelpiece. I don't know if you have about 79 cousins and every one of you is wondering, will I get a slice of my grandfather's farm? Well friends, with the inheritance that we often panic about here on earth, it does not compare with the inheritance that is awaiting for us and has been won for us by Jesus. In Ephesians 1 and 11 we read, In Jesus we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. And Paul continues in verse 14 by saying that as we have received the Holy Spirit, he is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it, to the praise of his glory. Friends, today we can look forward to a wonderful and glorious inheritance kept in heaven for us, as Peter says, and it will never perish, spoil, or fade. One day we will receive glory. One day we will be with Jesus forever. One day we will enter into a kingdom without end. One day we will see the new heavens and the new earth. One day we will gaze upon Christ. One day we will live forevermore without sin or spot or blemish or stain. Here is our wonderful and glorious inheritance. Jesus has reconciled us to God by his perfect sacrifice, and Jesus has won for us, purchased for us, an everlasting inheritance in the kingdom of heaven. When we enter through those glorious gates, we will never have to leave them. And this is a promise for all those whom the Father hath given unto him. Here we see divine election. Here we see that the Father chooses and the Son is bruised for those who the Father has chosen and the Spirit brings those individuals to Christ in repentance and faith. We know that election is often a controversial topic in the Church of Jesus Christ but here it is outlined for us by the Westminster Divines. This reconciliation and everlasting inheritance in the Kingdom of Heaven is not for everyone. It is only for those who have trusted in the Lamb of God, and it is only for those whom the Father has given unto the Son. It is, as the Lord Jesus says in John 6 and verse 37, All that the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me I will never cast out. What a glorious verse this is. It speaks of our confidence that we can have in Jesus. As Christians, it speaks of the confidence that we have in the gospel. We proclaim it, we share it, and we know that the Spirit will draw men and women and children onto Jesus, just as it has been decreed in eternity past. All that the Father gives will come to me, says Jesus, and whoever comes to me I will never cast out. And so today we begin once more in this We Confess year two, if you like, of this podcast with a wonderfully encouraging sentence, a wonderfully encouraging paragraph. We speak of Christ's perfect obedience and sacrifice. He has satisfied God's justice and he has purchased for us not just reconciliation, but an everlasting inheritance. And it is for all of us who the Father has ordained and all of us who have received the gospel by faith. This is certainly a paragraph worth remembering. But perhaps if we're going to remember anything today. Let's remember Hebrews 9 and verse 12. Speaking of Christ in his priestly office. Jesus entered once for all into the holy places. Not by means of the blood of goats and calves. But by means of his own blood. Thus securing an eternal redemption. What a verse that is, certainly worth our time in remembering it. Summed up here in this paragraph, and we are thankful to God for these wonderful truths. We finish today with a quote from everybody's favorite Van Dixhorn, Mr. Chad van Dixhorn, and again his wonderful book, Confessing the Faith. Chad van Dixhorn writes: "One man finally came into the world to obey the Father. And here was the first man who did not need to die. And yet the very spotlessness and perfection of our Lord was the thing that qualified him to die on our behalf. We are thankful for how Chad Van Dixhorn summarizes such wonderful and deep truth. And I pray today that as we kick off again this podcast here on Saturday the 14th of September... 2019 we will be deeply and incredibly thankful for that one man, the God man Jesus Christ our Lord fully God, fully man, without sin whose perfect obedience and sacrifice has won for us just not some things but everything as the people of God reconciled and purchased and on our way To an everlasting inheritance. As always, to remind you of what you have just heard, we've got some questions for you. Question 1. What two words can be used to describe Christ's obedience, and what do they mean? Question 2. Is Christ's sacrifice sufficient, or does it need to be repeated? Give reasons for your answer. Question 3. Why is the perfection of Christ's sacrifice a conscience purifier? Question 4. Is God unjust in how he deals with sin? Support your answer. And question 5. According to this paragraph, what has Christ purchased for us? And are these gifts for everyone? That's all for today. As always, my name is Scott Woodburn. And until next time, this we confess.